and welcome to the Holistic Weight Loss and Lifestyle Podcast. Please join me as I share the body, mind and soul approach that helped me to lose over 150 pounds of weight after over 30 years of countless failed dieting, starting from age nine. I am a qualified nutritional therapist, low-carb expert, stress management consultant, sleep mindset, psychology of weight loss, holistic fertility, fasting and coaching. I'm also a writer, blogger, and in a previous life, I practiced as a qualified lawyer. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Holistic Weight Loss and Lifestyle Podcast. Episode 10. I can't believe it's episode 10. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me every week. Otherwise, I would just be here, some random woman in London, England, talking to myself. Thank you so much for the messages of support I've received, the love, the shares, the five-star reviews. I appreciate each and every one of you, so thank you so very much. Thank you to my friends, to my family for all your support. Thank you to my amazing challenges, the Bells Alumni Group. Thank you for your love and support. Thank you, thank you, thank you. A very big thank you to two wonderful friends who have really helped me so much with the podcast. My fantastic friend, Alan Frame, a tech guru who literally helped me make this podcast happen from mentioning to him that I wanted to start a podcast on 2nd January 2023. And 33 days later, he sat with me as we published the first episodes. Thank you so much, Alan. And a big thank you to my wonderful sister friend, who I have known since secondary school days, and who has done various research for me, even before the launch of the podcast, and who meticulously listens to every episode and provides feedbacks before they are published. Thank you so much. Okay, <laughs> so now I'm done with the Oscar speech and the thank yous. Let's crack on with episode 10. So today I want to examine the question, is obesity contagious? Can we become fat or overweight by hanging around people who are fat or overweight? Does that saying, show me your friends and I will tell you who you are, apply to gaining weight? Can this saying also apply to becoming fat or overweight if your family members and friends are fat or overweight? And I'm not talking about any claims that might say that there is a fat gene in a family. Or that excuse that you're overweight because everyone in your family is overweight. That's a conversation for another day. Today's conversation is whether obesity is contagious. And if obesity is contagious, is there anything we can do to prevent catching it? Is there anything we can be doing to prevent this from happening to us? So, let's look at the science. Various studies, including a study of more than 12,000 people, by researchers from Harvard Medical School and the University of California and published in the New England Journal of Medicine have shown that obesity spreads through social ties. 
And please see the show notes for this Harvard research, which is called The Spread of Obesity in a Large Social Network Over 32 Years. The researchers quantitatively analyze the nature and extent of the person-to-person spread of obesity as a possible factor contributing to the obesity pandemic. They found that a person's chances of becoming obese increases by 57% if he or she had a friend who became obese in a given interval, especially if the friends are the same gender. They also found that if one sibling becomes obese, the chance that the other will become obese increased by 40%. The research also found that if one spouse becomes obese, the likelihood that the other spouse would become obese increased by 37%. These are staggering statistics. If your friends, partner or family gains weight, the chances of you gaining weight increases by almost 60%. The researchers also found the reverse, that when people lose weight, their friends and close ties are also likely to lose weight. The research concluded that our social networks appear to be relevant to the biological and behavioral trait of obesity. It found that obesity appears to spread through social ties. I think it's very easy to see how this might happen. And when I was 20, I dated a guy who was 37. Oh boy. (laughs) I went from being a very active student, hanging out with other friends who, like me, had absolutely no money. We were all very good students. We all worked very, very hard in school and university, but we also loved dancing and partying. And we'll go to London West End clubs at weekends getting early before 10 p.m. because it was free to get in before 10 p.m. And we'll dance all night and I'll be nursing one can of Diet Coke all night because that was literally all I could afford. And I remember telling my beautiful nephew this story and he said, but auntie, no one goes to club at 10 p.m. It's practically empty then. And I laughed and explained to him that was the hack. That was a life hack in the early 90s because it was free and that's what we did as students who had absolutely no money to get into clubs free of charge when it was practically empty which was also why the clubs did that my friends and I would go we stay all night we would dance until the clubs close in the early mornings and then make our way home using those early morning London buses and during the day we walk the lengths of shopping malls window shopping mostly but from the beginning of one shopping street to the next Of course, I didn't ditch going out with my friends because I had a boyfriend. But like most of us, when we get into relationships, I stopped clubbing every weekend as I spent time with this guy. I went from very active lifestyle with lots of walking, lots of dancing, which when you're 20 and have the metabolism of young people will keep you trimmer. I went from all that to being wined and dined by this 37-year-old man who, unlike my friends, I guess, did things people his age did at the time. I mean, for goodness sake, he had a three-bedroom house. He, he was an adult. 
he had a mortgage, he had a job with long hours and for relaxation. He liked taking me to fancy restaurants and cooking complicated carb-heavy meals for us, plus drinking a lot of alcohol. Going dancing with 19 and 20-year-olds my age was a never for him. And I didn't really drink, but to keep up with this much older boyfriend, I still having a glass of wine here and there whilst he would polish off a bottle at every meal. He was ridiculous. Don't even go there about this guy. <laughs> anyway, not surprisingly, during this relationship, I piled on the weight influenced by the change or in my lifestyle. And we all know that couple who were both slim, or perhaps one was slim and they got married or started living together and both started gaining excessive weight as they enjoy marital bliss or enjoy living together and doing things as a couple. They're excited, they're totally loved up in their romance, and one part of the couple may have been eating healthily before moving in together, but in the newness of coupledom, the bad habits of the other or just their excitement of being with their love will start to creep in slowly, eventually overtaking the other person. The reverse may also happen to some of you. Your partner makes the decision to start losing weight and eating better. You see the changes in them and see that they're losing weight, eating delicious low-carb meals, perhaps some lovely ribeye steak, pan-fried with butter, with asparagus and broccoli. Yum, yum, yum. And slowly, you start to see that, hmm, this weight loss malaki doesn't need to be a painful exercise. And you start joining them with their meals. You start enjoying the fact that you're doing something together as a couple and you start losing weight yourself. Or you see your partner start going to the gym a lot, going for walks, hikes, cycling, or whatever they like to do. They're becoming trimmer, happier. They also start going to bed earlier than usual and waking up earlier. And you start slowly joining them to go to bed early, to go for a walk, and then see yourself getting into that lifestyle and starting to lose weight yourself. Similarly, some of you may see your close friends looking slimmer, glowing, and so much happier. There is something about them. There's a newfound confidence. They are more self-assured. They also seem to be staying on this diet and not crashing out or yo-yoing like other ways of eating you've seen them do in the past. There's something very positive going on there and you think, hmm, I fancy a bit of that myself. And you get intrigued, you ask them, hey, what are you doing? And find yourself becoming healthier, influenced by these positive changes in your friend. And you start to make some of those changes yourself. Your family and other friends, they see you, they're intrigued by the way your body has changed. And they start making those changes themselves, having established what you are doing. I have two very good girlfriends and we go out infrequently. We live far from each other and we don't meet up as often as we would like to do. And we see our lunches and dinners as a real occasion to go out or as they say, hey, hey, to go out, out. And so our lunches and dinners used to be a real feast, a feast of carbs and desserts and cocktails and merrymaking. And then life happened. And for various reasons, all of us became more interested in making different choices about what we eat. And these days, when we hang out, we find a restaurant, 
where we can all eat low carb meals and we make sure that they cook them with good oils and fats. And I will actually call a restaurant and I will very nicely ask them what oils and fat they use to fry their steaks. And if they tell me they use inflammatory seed or vegetable oils, I will always ask them to please fry mine with butter or grill, grilly for me. And I explain that my body reacts very badly to seed and vegetable oils. I always find that the restaurants and chefs are always happy to accommodate these requests. And in a future episode, we shall deep dive on why we should not be cooking with inflammatory seed and vegetable oils. And now with my girlfriends, when the three of us hang out, the sugary alcoholic cocktails are gone. One or two may have a glass of wine, but that will be eight glass of red wine. And incidentally, even though over the years, our food choices have changed, we still have an amazing time laughing as always. We always have a really fantastic girly time, but somehow the three of us all now make careful choices about what we eat and drink. And you can see how this research that says that you can catch obesity by up to 60% if your family, friends or partner becomes obese. If your friends, family or partner gain or lose weight, the chances of you gaining or losing weight increases by almost 60%. It's not difficult to emphasize or explain how this might happen. If you're hanging around people who always encourage you to eat cakes, pasta, pizza, bread, endless sugary alcoholic cocktails, big fists with endless sugar desserts, it wouldn't be surprising that as a group, this will be seen as your normality and you will all keep gaining weight. Everyone is comfortable with those foods and it becomes normality for your group. And if you're all overweight, being big also becomes the norm for your group and no one sees anything wrong with that or a massive incentive to want to lose weight within that group. Likewise, if your friends or family idea of hanging out is cooking delicious low-carb meals, going for walks, hikes, swimming, uh, cycling or gym, dancing all night, you may find that as a group you may have healthier and slimmer friends and family circle. How can we avoid being part of the statistics of contagious obesity? How can we be immune from infectious obesity? Always remember that obesity is contagious and hanging with some people could make you gain weight. Let's look at five tips to avoid catching obesity. Number one, as we make these positive changes in our lives, it is important to also cultivate relationships with people who promote our new healthy lifestyles. I'm not suggesting cutting off friends and family because they're overweight because Good friendships and families are extremely important for our emotional well-being. I'm definitely not saying ditch your friends or ditch your families just because you want to stay healthy and slim and they like to eat desserts. 
What I'm saying is just don't be swayed from your health and lifestyle choices when you are with them. If you're invited to eat, if you're going to a restaurant, look at the menu in advance, speak to the restaurant to ensure there are things that can be easily adapted to your food plan. Or speak to your host on or hostess and say, hey, I'm on this plan, this is what I need to eat. Hey, is that possible for you to accommodate? Or can I bring some food, take some food with you? Or eat before you go out so that you're not tempted to cheat. And in a future episode, we shall deep dive on how to eat when you're out and still stay on your food plan. Influence your family. Number two, influence your family and your friends to make healthy choices instead of being sucked into their bad habits. And if all your activities with your friends and your family are usually food related, how about showing that you can have fun without food being the centerpiece of your time together? How about doing things like going bowling, cat racing, cinema, swimming, hanging out by the seaside if you're lucky to live near one, joining a couch to 5k event that helps you as a beginner to learn to exercise, to learn to run. But remember, you don't need to run. You can walking or brisk walking are great exercises to do any time of the year. Or do a charity 5k walk to raise money for a charity you're interested in, but be immune from contagious obesity. Always remembering that other people can make you gain weight. I'm not at all suggesting that you start nagging your friends or family to lose weight. I'm not a fan of that because I have been there massively fat. I knew exactly how I looked. I knew what I looked like and I didn't need anyone pointing it out to me that I needed to lose weight. No shit, Sherlock. Don't be that person on a high horse preaching to your friends and family to lose weight. They know they need to lose weight. Also, anyone who had a quiet word or fat shame me to lose weight had absolutely no idea just how I had spent all of my adult life trying to lose weight. And instead of nagging your family member or friends to lose weight, be the change you want to see in them. Do you stay healthy? They have seen what you do. And when they are ready, they might come to you. Then you can point them in the right direction. Or share this podcast with them or my Instagram with them and explain that you enjoy our chats. Let me do the hard work of trying to help them to make the needed changes. And how about being the one to suggest healthier activities rather than pointing out the obvious to them that they need to lose weight. And please don't worry, take it from me. They know they need to lose weight. And you might just not be privy to the countless things they might have done to try and lose weight. You don't know whether nagging them about the weight becomes a trigger that drives them to binge eat or emotional eat. And in the next episode next week, we shall talk about emotional eating. Make your activities fun and non-food focused, but please don't stop hanging out with your family and friends just because you have different lifestyle and health goals. 
Number three, widen your social circle by making new friends or friendships with people who are on the same vibe as you. Actively seek out and find your tribe with the people who have the same lifestyle and health goals. For example, people who may want to swap low-carb recipes with you, go on walks with you, new gym buddies, yoga partners, or people who want to watch comedy with you for some laughter therapy. Join low-carb groups on Facebook. Use meetups to join local walking or hiking groups. Number four, when you're trying to make yourself immune to obesity, it is important to sanitize your social media. If you usually binge watch that person who bakes fabulous cakes when you don't want to be looking at cakes, <laughs> you, and who will make you want to say sorry and go and buy cakes, mute that person who does not support your goal. Join my Instagram where I post pictures of delicious low-carb meals cooked by me. And join others who are on the same path as your diet, health, and lifestyle goals. And don't binge watch that person who's always posting foods you don't wish to eat. Unfollow and mute all the celebrities and so-called influencers, I can't even say that word, who constantly bombard you with toxic food or lifestyles you've chosen to walk away from and flooding your social media feed with positive stories from those whose health goals align with yours. Stay vigilant with your goals. Don't get complacent. You really don't have to be part of that 60% that gain weight because your family and friends have gained weight. And the good news from today is that you don't need to be part of that 60% that catch obesity when your friends and family gain weight. You can stay immune to catching obesity. You've got this. You can do this. You were doing this. That is all I've got for you today. Thank you so much for joining me. And until next week, have a great week and take care. Thank you so much for listening to the Holistic Weight Loss and Lifestyle Podcast. If you like this podcast, please do me a huge favor and like, subscribe, share with your family and friends, and please review this podcast so that other people can find us. Please see our show notes for any links referred to in the episode. If you wish to connect with me on social, my Instagram is Bell's Low Carb World. That is B-E-L-L-E-S Low Carb W-O-R-L-D. I hope you join me next week for the next episode of the Holistic Weight Loss and Lifestyle Podcast. Have a fantastic week and thank you. This podcast is for informational purposes only. This podcast does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. Thank you.